possibilities. This around. is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes. Let's go, Kansas 80, That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gudikin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. And me, don't forget, I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, with my boy Ryan Horvat. Welcome into the party known as Bet MGM tonight here on the BetQL Network. You have come to the right place if you like college basketball, if you like NBA basketball. If you still aren't sick of hearing about my Kansas City Chiefs, who somehow are not the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year, and if you like making money, keep it right here for the next four hours. But we have to start with the main story, Rye, which is they're knocking down Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. They're building the Royals a new stadium, and at some point, everything's going to be up for auction. One of my greatest moments, at least memories as a child, is... This is going to sound wrong, but it's not. I remember being in the bathroom with my grandpa. You know those troughs? I don't know if they still have oh, them, yeah. like those old. Would it be wrong of me to bid on the trough when it goes up for big? Because, like, I'm serious. It's the last memory I have with my grandpa. I really want that thing. And I figure nobody else is going to bid on it, right? You would think not, man, but probably because – so people give me a hard time because I, um, you know, growing up a huge Cubs fan. Well, they give me a hard time because my team has one World Series ring in the past 120 yeah. plus years. But I would always recommend people go to Wrigley Field for the environment. You know, the party outside of Wrigley Field, even sure. though the baseball team's usually bad, it's more about the environment. And it was the same situation. Those things, man, um, up until like the seventh, eighth grade were the most intimidating things ever. Like, you know, it's the third inning. I wanted to get back before Sammy Sosa would take his AB. So you run into the bathroom, but then you look up and you got like a six foot eight guy next to you. You got some angry guy next to you and you're sitting there and you're like all four foot four and you're right next to him and they're talking to you. Yeah. I, uh, I think you should do it though, man. I don't think it's weird at all. Um, in any memory with your grandfather, especially if it was one of the last memories, I think you should do it. And uh, I'm all about the sentiment. I really like it. <laughs> While you were talking right there, making several good points along the way, I was reading a story about apparently they did the same thing with the Metrodome when they closed that and they built the Twins and the Vikings new stadiums. And the trough went for 4500 bucks. So I don't, I'm willing to spend like a couple hundred on that thing. There's no way I'm spending $4,500 on something that messy. All right, let's clean up the show here a little bit and let's get into the world of sports where we got some good action tonight, both in college basketball and in the NBA. Celtics and Nets tipping off a half hour from now. Celtics laying eight and a half, 227 and a half, the over-under in that game. Oklahoma City on the road in Orlando. Thunder laying two and a half in that game. Heat on the road in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a seven and a half point favorite. And then the night games, Sacramento at Phoenix. Kings are a four and a half point dog. Minnesota laying seven and a half at the Trailblazers. Then the late one tonight, the eight win. Yes, he said the eight and 44 Pistons are getting 10 and a half at the Lakers. Lakers playing some pretty good basketball recently. They're 28 
and 26. We played that championship contender game yesterday, swipe to the left, swipe to the right. We never got to the Lakers. Do you think the Lakers are a championship contender? No, I'm not there with the Lakers this season, man. You know, I just I, I can't trust Anthony Davis to be healthy for an entire playoff run. I, I do like the pieces. You know, I was surprised that they were able to bring everybody back. I had bigger expectations. But when I look at the Western Conference, I just really can't make a case for the Lakers this season. Like we talked about last night, if it's a vet team, it's the Clippers or the Nuggets for me. If it's one of these younger teams, it's OKC or Minnesota, even over L.A. I mean, they have LeBron James, so you always have a chance to at least get into the dance. But I can't see them winning a playoff series. What's going to be interesting is to see where LeBron ends his career. Is it in Los Angeles? Does he get the opportunity to play with Bronny? Because he's still one of the best players in the league, man. But I just I can't trust them to make a run. And uh, the good thing about the NBA, though, I will say, if, if you are a Lakers fan or if you are looking to buy some Lakers futures, you really don't have to get yourself right until the end of the season. Look at the Miami Heat last year. No doubt about it. It's crazy to think that LeBron's the oldest player in the league, still playing at a top 10 level. And he's probably had the longest prime of any athlete ever. It's not like it took him a while to get good. It's not like he's tapered off a whole lot. Like, he's been basically a top 10 player probably since his second year in the NBA with Ryan Horvath on the Sports Machine, oh, yeah. Sean Levine, and you here on Bet MGM tonight. We've got half the top 25 in action also when it comes to college basketball. Marquette, I know you've got a futures ticket on them. They're up two on Butler right now. That game almost at halftime, 31-29. Carolina just underway with Syracuse. Carolina, after losing earlier this week, is down to number seven in the country. Virginia going at it with Pitt right now. How about Indiana State? That's right. Indiana State versus Illinois State. Wait, why is this guy talking about Indiana State? Because they're ranked for the first time. Since Larry Bird, although they're down 4-0 to tonight to Illinois State. You a, uh, what are they, the Sycamore? You a Sycamore's guy? Uh, so, Illinois State, uh, we, we, we don't fade Illinois State, the Redbirds, in this house. Now, we do not oh, give a damn about the men's basketball team, but the women's basketball team, my, uh, my cousin, Kristen Gillespie, the head coach, uh, last year they made the NCAA tournament. She was coach of the year. She's going to be um, getting a bigger job here pretty soon. Uh, if she wants it, she might just want to stay there. But uh, go go Redbirds for us. We're, we're big uh, Illinois State backers in this house. Hey, tonight if you got money on them, you're feeling pretty good, actually, because they're up 6-0 to zero over Larry Bird's Indiana State Sycamores. My action tonight, I'm trying to get parlayed on this Tuesday night with Uri. I got the Celtics laying the 8.5 at Brooklyn. I think they beat them down. And then Oklahoma City and Orlando, I kept going back and forth on this one, so I decided to lay the 2.5 with Oklahoma City. I think that's a pretty good parlay tonight. You got any NBA or college action you're going to be sweating out during yeah. the show? Yeah, all right. So I got a couple. Um, I did actually take Marquette tonight. Um, now, when it went down to three, I grabbed it. It opened at four and a half. Uh, that one's already in progress right now. In the NBA, I got a player prop I really like. Uh, Jaime Jaquez. I went over 13 and a half points tonight. For Love the Jaime I was Jaquez. looking at the injury report, man. Jimmy Butler is out tonight. He's dealing with a personal injury. Terry Rozier is dealing with a knee injury, and Josh Richardson uh, is dealing with a shoulder injury. I was looking at Hakwas, man. I mean, if you take away, what's crazy is if you take away the two best rookies, Chet Holmgren and uh, Wemby, he most likely is rookie of the year. Um, he's played 16 games without Jimmy Butler. The usage goes up a little bit. He plays 33.5 minutes in those games, averages almost 16. He's going against the Bucs, who are playing much better defensively the last couple weeks. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. 
but I still really like this number. So Hakwes over 13 and a half. And then a couple that I love in college hoops tonight. One's going down right now. It's an ugly bet, but it's a perfect letdown spot. I took Vandy as eight and a half point dogs against AM. AM's got a three game win streak coming into this game. They just blew out Tennessee this weekend. Number six, Tennessee. Ooh, they wow. led by 14 and a half, man. Um, led by as many as 22. Tennessee never took a lead in that game, like from the tip. Vandy, though, brutal. If you look at the Ken Palm rankings, 213th. The reason I think that they keep this close, uh, other than the fact that it went from 9.5 to 8.5, pace. They play at the uh, 227th ranked pace in the country. So I think they're going to slow things down. And then my favorite bet, probably of the week in college hoops, uh, comes tonight, actually. I like Kentucky. I laid the 8.5 against Ole Miss. Bounce back game. I'm hoping for Kentucky, man. Uh, they lose to Gonzaga. They played no defense in that game, as they really haven't the last couple weeks. When I had the opportunity to talk with John Calipari, I interviewed him at the NCAA tournament a couple years ago. He talked about this. He doesn't even put his defense in until month two of the season. But, like, if this team's going to make a run, which they should, they got to figure out how to defend because they're great offensively. I mean, they're fifth in adjusted offensive efficiency. They're the best three-point shooting team in the country. Kentucky is Reed Shepard is shooting 52% from three. He's also one of the more um, talented offensive players, I would say, in the SEC, maybe the entire country. So I like Kentucky to bounce back. That's my favorite bet tonight. Eight and a half point favorites against Ole Miss. Ole Miss has also played solid hoops all season long. It just shows how great of a coach Chris Beard is. But they've kind of come back down to earth. So uh, I'll lay the eight and a half with Kentucky. And then we'll take a shot with uh, the Geeks from Vandy tonight with uh, the eight and a half point number. We'll uh, see how that one comes home for us. Nerds! Those nerds! That's Ryan Horvath. Yeah. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, and you here on the BetQL Network. He mentioned Sparky Pfeiffer is going to join us coming up here in a couple of hours. Keith Pompey is going to join us. We'll talk some Philly sports with him. And then coming up in, actually, our next segment, uh, Matt Cox from Three Man Weave. So we'll talk some more college basketball. One last SEC thought. There are a lot of teams that I could talk myself into, like winning a game or two in the tournament. You mentioned Tennessee. Man, they're frauds. They are fool's gold. Tennessee might be that team that's like a two seed and goes down the first round of the tournament. I am not buying into them. I don't know why. They just feel dirty to me. Yeah, I know. I say the same thing every year. I mean, it's just like the SEC is so loaded that it's really hard to make the case for some of these teams when we get into the tournament. Although there are a lot, like a lot of these teams are battle tested, but you know, like Kentucky, I considered a couple weeks ago playing some Kentucky futures because of what I said, man, like they could shoot the rock Shepard shooting 52% from himself. They could get to the rim. They hit their free throws, but they just don't defend anybody. And if I'm placing a future in college hoops, which I don't do much of these days, man, because like, who the hell knows? I mean, a couple years ago, we saw St. Peter's make a run. Uh, the Fighting Sister Jeans made a run. You just never really know. If anything, I, I usually look at numbers on these mid-major schools where they have six or seven, four- or five-year players. You know, like uh, Florida Atlantic, for example. You know what I mean? Because these teams that just beat up on each other in the SEC, they have so much talent, but I just have no idea. Whereas... You know, you got UConn, you got some of these other teams, Houston, where you have more experienced players, and at least they defend. But in the SEC, I feel like a lot of these teams are just like that Spider-Man meme where they're all just the same team this season. You want a team with experience. I know they got whooped last night, but how about Kansas? Hunter Dickinson's been playing since Bush was in office. The old Bush, the first guy. He's been there forever. Yeah. So, like, there are certain teams that once March comes around, you look at coach, you look at experience, 
it's kind of curious because like the blue bloods, you can talk me into Kentucky at 20 to one. You can talk me into a Kansas right now. Also hanging around that 20 to one number. We'll talk plenty more college basketball coming up with Matt Cox here in just a few minutes. I want to switch gears because now we are what 48, 72 hours. I'm not good at math removed from the Super Bowl. at some point when a team is really dominant or when a player is really dominant as gamblers, we have that them versus the field. Remember like, a decade ago, 15 years ago, it was Tiger Woods versus the field. And then for a minute, it was Tom Brady and the Patriots versus the field. And it was LeBron and Miami Heat versus the field. Am I crazy to think that that's where we've gotten for the Chiefs? Like next year, if you said, all right, Sean, you can either take a bet on Kansas City to do it again, or you can take everybody else. Am I nuts? I think I bet the Chiefs. It'd be really tough not to because, I mean, they could be even better. But, you know, after we talked after this, uh, we talked last night after the show, I was thinking about it. I would be shocked if they did spend money at the wide receiver position, especially how loaded and how deep this draft is. You know, they could get some value later on in these rounds, I think, like a real stud to pair with Rasheed Rice. Kelsey, we know, is coming back. They're able to run the ball. Like, I... I think, if anything, maybe uh, Pacheco's workload only goes up. Maybe he's used more uh, in the receiving game. And then you're able to pay these guys on the defensive side of the ball. Because look at what they've done the last two years. They traded Tyreek Hill, a top-five wide receiver in this league, one of the more electric wide receivers, I would say, in NFL history as far as a downfield threat. And they've won two straight Super Bowls. Compare that to what happened with some of these other teams, right? Like, Green Bay traded away Devontae Adams to the Raiders. The next year, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers didn't make the playoffs. Not, they didn't reach the Super Bowl. They didn't make the playoffs. Like, you took away his number one weapon, and you tried to replace him with Sammy Watkins. They've literally done that in Kansas City. They brought in MVS, and Pat still finds ways to win. But also, we we have to give a lot of credit to Steve Spagnuolo in that defense. So, man, I would rather pay, make sure Sneed's taken care of, make sure some of your pass rushers are taken care of, that's what I would do. So I don't think it's crazy at all. Now, the guy that I would take if I had to take like a specific quarterback would be a motivated, pissed off, healthy Joe Burrow. Because I love Josh Allen, but he's got so much Brett Favre in him that it's tough for me to trust him at the end of the game when something's wide open right underneath, right? And he doesn't want to take the check down because he's got the arm. He can make every single throw, but that's what gets him in trouble. Lamar Jackson, my MVP, guy won me a lot of money. But we saw it in the postseason, man. Thrown into double, triple coverage, even though he hated himself after the throw. The one guy that'll take what's given to him and the one guy with the confidence and the one guy that has beat Patrick Mahomes other than Tom Brady is Joe Burrow. So that's the only other guy I would feel comfortable with right now. Herbert, it's going to take those guys a long time. Not a long time, but at least a couple years. Like, they're in cap hell. So I don't think you're crazy at all. Good stuff there, Ryan Horvath, sports machine, Sean Levine. I'm looking at the team's... Man, you, you could pretty much talk. If you're a fan of any AFC team that's not the Jets or the Patriots, maybe the Steelers have a little bit of work to go, the Titans. Everybody else has a shot. Not like the Chiefs have a shot, but they have a shot to win a playoff game or two. Everybody else. We got a lot to talk about here. That's just the first segment of the show. We'll get back into the college basketball on the other side with Matt Cox from Three Man League. We appreciate you checking us out. It's Bet MGM tonight right here on the Bet 2 Network. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. 
Welcome back into the show. Good to have you along with us. That is Ryan Horbach. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. In just a second, we're going to welcome on friend of the show, Matt Cox. But before we do, Ryan, I have a couple of college basketball score updates, and I have an update on the trough in my house situation. So which one do you want first? You want the toilet update or you want the basketball update? I kind of want the toilet update, to be honest, because I'm looking at all the basketball scores, and I'm a selfish man, yeah. Okay. The, uh, The toilet update is... I got a text from the girl that I'm dating that says, if you ever put a trot in our place, then I'm immediately breaking up with you. So I asked her if she wants me to help her find apartments. So that's kind of where I am right now in my personal life. Is Damn. I've decided that it's so important to me that I might be risking my actual relationship. Now, here's the college basketball update. Marquette up two on, Mar- on a Butler halftime, 34-32. Syracuse up 10 early at home over number seven, North Carolina, 23 to 13. And then Iowa State, how about Iowa State in the top 10? They've got 10, 10 to eight over Cincinnati. Illinois up 22, 11 early on over Michigan, Virginia and Pittsburgh. The over-under in that game was like 120 something. They've already got 40 on the board with 10 minutes left to play in the first half. So overs, if you got it, looking good. With that, let's talk some more college basketball with Matt Cox from Three Man Weave. Matt, UConn ranked number one last year's national champion. Why should I not bet on them to win the whole thing again? Uh, you probably should. I'm regretting not adding them to my future portfolio. <laughs> it seems like it's it's them and Purdue and everybody else. I think we're all trying to get cute and, and find other better value plays. I was just doing a reconciliation of my future portfolio. Um, not as good as I thought it was, man. Just in, in some pretty big holes with, uh, with UConn and Purdue being right there at the top. No, I, I mean, value-wise... Um, you know, anything below 10 to 1, in my opinion, at this point in the year, just feels like it's it's a reach. Like, I think maybe you can actually wait and hope that UConn gets uh, a couple of slip-ups, maybe, maybe late in conference play. We saw it happen last year, right? They actually took some L's late in the year against Big East foes. But they dropped to a four seed. People kind of forgot how dominant they were for most of the year. So I think at this point, um, you hold your breath and you wait. Um, but you're right, at this I think we're all kind of kicking ourselves if you try to get too cute, and, and certainly I was one of those people. Um, what about Kentucky? First thing, do you like Kentucky tonight to cover the number? It's sitting there at eight and a half. I kind of like Kentucky, actually. And then, you know, would you do anything with them? They don't play any defense, unfortunately, but they're the best three-point shooting team in the country. Yeah. You know, they're pretty much top ten in every offensive metric, but they don't defend. But we also know that Kentucky teams usually don't defend until late on, later on in the season anyway. It's tough to trust Cal once we get to the tournament, but man, I mean, they could just score the basketball. What do you think about them? Not only tonight, but the futures market as well. Yeah, I mean, futures, I like them a lot more, right? I think that's sort of a, uh, now's a good buy low. Uh, Cal had a whole thing where he's practicing 90% of his uh, practice time on defense. So, you know, I I envision like a Gene Hackman, who's your situation, right? Where he's just, you know, we're not going to touch a ball until we learn how to master defensive principles. Not sure how much that actually matters. Uh, tonight I was looking at this game. It's like I think you either lay it with Kentucky or you take Ole Miss on the money line. Um, I'd be shocked if it falls somewhere in between, if that makes any sense. It, it sort of feels like the Rice at Memphis spot a few weeks ago where I think people were trying to look at this as a Memphis get-right spot, and they just lost again. Like the, the, the train continued to fall off the tracks. I can see Kentucky taking one more before they really tighten up the screws. And, again, this is a young team, right? Like, you know, going back to the Memphis comparison, that's actually an older team. Um, one that can, I think, you know, rally the, you know, circle the wagons quicker. This is still a lot of youth. I mean, they have Antonio Reeves, they have a couple of older classmen, Trey Mitchell, but it's still largely a freshman team. And in the area of the era of college basketball, where you have all these 
30 and 31 year olds playing their super duper COVID year. Um, not exactly a recipe for a major turnaround quickly. Talking a little college hoops here with Matt Cox on the BetQL network. So I've always loved Cougars, kind of been my thing. I'm looking at Houston right now, 10 to 1 right now to win the national championship. And the last couple of years, they've been close. Maybe the fact that they're Big 12 tested this year, could that be the difference in them getting to a Final Four versus actually winning a national championship this year? Yeah, I do think so because they've been in a lot more close games, especially on the road in, in, in tough environments. Now, the NCAA tournament, right, it's all neutral sites, but but I do think they've just going into late possession or late game uh, nip and tuck possession affairs, I think will help them, right? I think they basically were immune to any of that for so many years in the AAC because they were so dominant. Like they were too good for their own good. Um, and, and Kellen Sampson's talked about this. I think he's right. I think some of this stuff sometimes you think is – you know, they're just kind of blowing smoke and it's just cliche stuff. But I really believe that the step up in class, getting all of these tests, you know, getting some losses, ironing out some kinks, I think will actually will help them uh, in the long run. And the fact that their roster is more retooled to have a little more offensive upside, right? There's some shot making there with LJ Cryer. And Jamal Shea continues to just get better and better, right? I think you used to look at him as just a defensive glove with erratic scoring. But now I think he really has some offensive potential. What are your thoughts on uh, Wisconsin this season? You know, they're 16 and 8, number 20 in the country. Like, the difference is, I mean, they're your typical Wisconsin team, but they could actually score the basketball this year. Uh, they do defend. They still play at a really slow pace. But what do you think about them? Not only, uh, you know, like in the long run, but also they got a game tonight. And uh, I was thinking about maybe laying it there as well. I kind of think Ohio State is uh, is a feisty dog here tonight. I know that they're trying okay. to shove Chris Holtman out the door there, but um, they, they've been yeah. playing a little bit better lately. We saw them do this late season uh, resurgence last year. And Wisconsin, I know they've lost four in a row at this point, so um, you know maybe you're getting a, a get-right spot tonight here at home against a more favorable matchup. But I do think they were a little bit overvalued with some really unsustainable shooting. Uh, A.J. Storr has been a big revelation for them this year. I just don't know if I think he can you know, play like Johnny Davis – uh, you know, the, I think he did his best impression, but people are learning how to scout him, how to prepare for him. He does kind of take some dumb shots sometimes. I was selling Wisconsin to start the year. I came around. Now I'm like, ah, maybe I was right the first time. I think the truth's somewhere right. in the middle. I do think they have more long-term potential, like because they can actually they actually have some shot making um, to kind of loosen up that offense when the game slows down to a halt. But but still, I, I'm going back and forth. I feel like I may have had my initial read on the right side there. If you like him, follow him at Matty underscore Cox. Matt Cox joining us here on BetQL tonight. On the Bet... Good Lord. Where are we? On the BetQL network? Um, So, Matt, I'm looking at last year's NCAA tournament, particularly the Final Four, going, goodness gracious, how did these teams end up there? There's no way that in February anybody was predicting that San Diego State or Florida Atlantic or even Miami, like, that they were going to go that far. So, I need to make a little money, bro. Give me those teams now. Like, give me some crazy teams that might end up actually in the Final Four, because I'm about to lay down a little bit of bread on this. So New Mexico has been my darling future. I've already bet them three separate times. They're down to 125, uh, I believe, at some places. They've actually taken on some water lately. Big game tonight. Um, so maybe you'll wait until the result tonight, because I think they're doing this win at UNLV to make them – uh, feel a little better about their at-large prognosis. I think they're pregged around an eight or a nine seed right now, but their guards are electric, man. Like Donovan Dent is one of the best guards in the country that no one knows about, or more people are learning about him. Everyone knows Jamal Mashburn, it seems like, from his dad's pedigree and the star power he had last year. Jalen House has been around the block or two. 
you know, just to steal a, a swiping machine in the backcourt. But Diamond Debt's really been the engine of that team. They got some dudes up front, and I still think Richard Pitino, um, yeah, he's not his dad, but he can coach. I think he's a little bit undervalued as an X and O guru there too. That, that's my one sort of uh, dark horse-ish team I'd be looking to add. Um, and man, even Dayton, I think they're, you're getting some pretty good prices on Dayton still in the market out there, and they're sitting like a four or a five seed. You know, I know they can get kind of caught in the yeah. mud, and we've seen them lose some low-scoring, ugly games, and it's like you don't ever go into a game with Dayton like really excited to lay it because it just takes so long for them to – they're like kind yeah. of a Midwest Virginia, so to speak, right? But but the fact that they're sitting at like a four or a five seed right now in the bracket matrix, like they'll be favored their first game, pretty good draw potentially into the second weekend – so I think just from the fact that there's a misalignment between the value of where they're projected in the tournament, how good their analytic profile is, um, and the price you're getting, I think that's another one too. Um, I, and they have that kind of that that good narrative where Anthony Grant missed out in the COVID year with Obi Toppin, had a ton of injuries last year. I just feel like they're, they're due, right? There's some karma coming their way potentially in this uh, this dance. Yeah, I like that call on Dayton. I've been saying the same thing, man. They like bore you to death, kind of like that Providence team. Well, every single season, and also they're not fun. You know what I mean? Good. Like they just don't win by margin, so they're not you know a sexy team. Like I, I love betting against them. It takes you know them a while to win by margin, right? It's like we call it the crockpot. That's Jim's turn, right? That just takes a while yeah. to get to that margin. Uh, anything that you like tonight? We still got a couple games on the board. I know it's not the best slate, but uh, anything that you bet tonight. Yeah, I did take New Mexico. I got it at two. It's down to one and a half, one now. I, I think it's just a game that they outclass Nevada. I know Ben Road teams in the Mountain West has been a losing proposition all year. One of the stronger home court leagues. Every team is basically at elevation, uh, except for a couple there. But New Mexico, I think, gets it done. They they smacked Nevada in the first matchup. Um, I don't see any revenge tonight. I just think that New Mexico needs this game badly to cement themselves as a true at-large team. Um, I think they get it done tonight. The other one, kind of off the beaten path, Northern Illinois uh, hosting Buffalo, who is terrible. I mean, the Bulls got their first win of the year at Georgia Southern. Uh, I saw they celebrated it as a 1-0 in their last one. Like, they really, like, we finally won a game this year. Now they come back to an actual conference game that matters against NIU, who will be taking this game seriously. They basically rested their best player last game because the game meant absolutely nothing. David Coit, he should be back tonight. I think the Huskies are just categorically better. I think they lay the wood tonight uh, in a max showdown. So the Huskies... And the Lobos are my two late night dogs, um, literal dogs, not you know one's a favorite, but 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 pops to back from the mascot fashion. <laughs> Matt Cox joining us here on the BetQL Network. All right, hey, uh, before you get out of here, I gotta ask you about my Jayhawks. They got smacked around last night. I'm wearing a rock chalk hoodie, so I feel like it's, I'm obligated to. Do you think that there's a chance that they get right once March comes around, and perhaps they can make a run the tournament? Yes, I do. I think I get healthy first. Um, shouts to Johnny Furphy, the Australian sensation, kind of lifting the ceiling of that team. He's been terrific, but you got to have McCullough healthy. You got to have Harris healthy. I think you need one more of those bench that, those bench mob guys to emerge. It feels like Nick Timberlake is just cursed at this point. He's got too much flack on social media. Even Bill Self is throwing him shade in the postgame press. I just feel like his confidence is shot. He had a nice big bag this offseason in the NIL fashion, so I don't feel all that bad for him. The guy I want to see, though, is Elmerco Jackson. He's the freshman five-star I was really high on. Just hasn't really gotten the opportunities to play in the role that he was designed to. I think over the next month, um, you'll see some Bill Self magic kind of bring him out of the uh, out of the darkness. I think if he really comes to the forefront, you get McCuller fully healthy, you get Harris fully healthy. Um, that's the thing that can really make some noise. That's one where you wait to bet their future price. I bet they take on a, some more water, a few more losses late here. 
with their injuries, their lack of depth, and everyone wants to play them, right? Like everyone circles them on the on the schedule, and I think they'll be a buy low here in a couple of weeks. Oh, we still got about 90 seconds. One last team I wanted to ask you about was Marquette. I was feeling a little bit better, better about my Marquette futures. I still am, um, you know, after a couple nice wins. Obviously, like tonight is a huge look-ahead spot. I think we're going to find out more about Marquette coming up here this week. But uh, what are your thoughts on them right now? Yeah, I'm just checking the score. It looks like they're up two uh, mid-second yeah. half right now in a dogfight with Butler. Butler's good, and they're, they're good at home. And I think they're, again, a team on the bubble that's desperate to kind of cement that they're going to all the way be in there. Marquette's, I think, a buy low, too. It seems like they've um, kind of fallen under the national radar because they had some injuries, took some losses early in conference play, got Chase Ross back. Um, but I like the mix of guys they have going right now, right? They kind of know who, they, who they're going to have down the stretch. Another team that doesn't have as much depth as you thought going into the year, but I still think their they're litany of guards, the, pre, the way they pressure you at the point of attack, they wear on you on, over the course of the game, and they don't have to make shots to win. Um, that's what's scary about this Marquette team. Like, I think they look at people look at them and see like a perimeter-oriented shooting team, and they can get white hot from three, but they don't have to do that to win. That's what's kind of key in looking at teams that can make deep runs. Can you win in different types of ways? They can win with pressure. They can win with getting in the rack. Um, I, I like that makeup, that DNA of a team that can make a deep run. And Tyler Kolick's a dog, man. He's a killer. He's a guy you want to go to war with if you're looking to make a deep run. If he's healthy, unlike last tournament's run, they could be super dangerous. I was going to say, Marcus as long as he doesn't turn the ball over multiple times in, uh, in key clutch minutes for me, yeah. Um, yeah. I love him. Yeah. He's a little erratic, but uh, I, I still trust him. I, I, I trust yeah. him still. March is almost here, boys. That's Matt Cox from Three Man Weave joining us here on Bet MGM tonight. Great stuff as always, man. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you, fellas. Take care. Good luck tonight. Rise. so if I didn't get too specific with you, and asking you who you think the national champion is going to be, but I said, what conference does the national champion come from? I'll give you a whole damn conference, bro. What would you tell me? I'm pretty sure I know it. What would you say? Man, I'm looking at Vandy with a four-point lead over A&M. I might say the SEC. They, they might win this thing outright tonight at nine-and-a-half-point <laughs> dogs. No, give me uh, yeah, I'm going to cop out, and I'm going to go, oof. Yeah, give me, where are you going? You going the Big East? Dude, I'm going with the Big 12. There's like six teams that could win this thing. Big East is good. Go with the, SEC is good. You know what? I'm going to go with the SEC after the slander that I had towards the SEC. I'm really – I uh, if I could make one future bet, it would be on Kentucky, so I'll go with the SEC. I, I really want to make this bet. I just don't want to make the bet at a crappy number. I'm just thinking maybe I'd I get better prices. Tennessee you would know, get eaten alive by Texas. Iowa State would destroy Auburn. My Jayhawks yeah. would beat up on who else is going to make it? South Carolina. Although, look, they're kind of good. I'm not saying South Carolina, probably the best story this year in all of college basketball. Who saw that coming? Yeah. Thanks to Matt yeah. Cox. That's Ryan Horvath. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Coming up next, Wemby last night, triple double with blocks. Unbelievable. Let's talk some NBA on the other side. Bet MGM. Grady, operating, scoop shot, throws it up, can't believe it. George, high off the window, no, Zoo can't tap at home. 
Minnesota coming off a nice win against Milwaukee. You saw that record back in three by Anthony Edwards. Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back into the show, that NBA courtesy of TSN and Bally. Appreciate that on that Anthony Edwards three-pointer, which also hit my parlay last night, baby. We got that little Minnesota. T- Minnesota, man, they put it on the Clippers last night. That's Ryan Horvath. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. And then you also heard that Victor Owenmanyama highlight, right? He had a triple-double last night. I pulled these numbers for you because this is now the second time, I was going to call him old boy, but he's really young boy, has had a triple-double in less than 30 minutes of play. Last night against Toronto, in 29 minutes, Wemby had 27 points, 10 of 14 from the field, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks, and 5 assists. It's weird because... His team isn't really going anywhere. It's not like he's helping them to the playoffs or anything, but individually, this has got to be everything anybody expected and more. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that's going to win, in my opinion, and I know this is hard to say because injuries do happen, although I'm going to knock on wood right now and not put that juju even in the air because I could see this guy having like LeBron James' career where we've been talking about him two years before he came into the league. We knew he was going to be the number one overall pick. And he's a unicorn, man. He's unlike anything that we've ever seen. He's Shohei Otani. He's LeBron James. We've been talking a lot this week about greatness. You know, Patrick Mahomes. And I root, I cheer for greatness. I don't cheer against greatness. And Wemby, you know, he's most likely going to be rookie of the year. Chet's going to be on the better team, you know, but Wemby's going to put up better numbers. And team success doesn't matter for that award. It matters for the MVP, as we talked about last night. That's why I need the Dallas Mavericks to finish as at least the top six seed you know, for Luka to bring home the MVP, but for Wemby to win Rookie of the Year, team success never matters, you know, because historically the Rookie of the Year is the number one, number two. He's a lottery pick. and He's on a really bad team, a 15-win team. But what Wemby's doing, man, is ridiculous. Like I said, he's a unicorn. He's a created player. And his skill set, a triple-double with blocks. He's a rim protector, but he also has handles. And here's the crazy thing. Like when we talked about Giannis three, four years ago, his game is only going to get better. You know, he's going to develop even an even better jumper or a better post move. Imagine if you could give him like some of the, uh, like give, give him the uh, Hakeem shake, you know, make him Elijah Wan around the rim. This guy is only going to get better and this team is no good, meaning they're only going to get better, which is the good thing. Now, problem is this isn't going to be the deepest draft. I don't know who they're going to be able to pick up, like for instant success as far as next year, but uh, they're going to be around, around and he's fun, man. I don't know that I would compare his game to anybody that I've seen, but I really liked the Giannis comp. Like, because I think that you're right. He's Giannis was really good early on in his career. He wasn't this good. And you can say that Victor's still unpolished. Well, he's also like 13 years old, right? The guy just had his bar mitzvah last week. Let's give it a little bit of time. So Victor Wimbanyama is going to be great. And I think next year we can start to judge him on his team success. Now, don't tear up that ticket that you've got for him winning Rookie of the Year. Also, if you're on Chet Holmgren, don't tear that ticket up either. I think he's got a good chance, although his Thunder not playing great early on in the first quarter tonight in Orlando. Magic up 19-12, to 12, live line Orlando laying one and a half. One other NBA game in action right now. Nets up early in the first quarter over the Celtics, 9-8. to eight. You mentioned Rookie of the Year. 
And obviously, Nikola Jokic has a couple of those trophies on his mantle right now. I was asking you earlier, would you take the Chiefs or the field? And we can get back into that later on the show because it's always a fun argument. Would you take Jokic or the field at this point? It feels like a pretty safe bet just to take the big guy and move on with your day. It would be most likely because, I mean, you look at the rest of the field. But I would take the field, man, because, you know, I placed the Luka bet. Um, I wish I would have grabbed some early numbers on SGA. SGA has a legitimate shot. If OKC, you know, even finishes. The thing is, they might have to finish as the top seed in the West, though. You know, I feel as Jokic, the Nuggets, they just have to be a top four seed. And if he continues to put up those numbers and have those type of performances, he's going to be the MVP. But for Shea to win the award, I really think OKC has to be the one seed, man. Giannis is not going to win this award this year. Not because of voter fatigue, but just because I do think down the stretch, I know he's not going to want to use load management, but they might have him use load management because the issue for the Bucs the last couple of years in the playoffs, spoiler alert, I got bad news for Bucs fans. It wasn't Mike Budenholzer and him not making proper adjustments. It was the fact that Chris Middleton wasn't fully healthy. They couldn't go more than seven deep in the rotation. And Giannis's usage rate was insane the entire season. That's why he's burned out. That's why he's missing these clutch free throws. He's never going to be John Stockton at the free throw line, but he's better than a 43% free throw shooter. So I think they're going to look to rest him down the stretch. So that's why I love Luka, man. I mean, he's one of the only guys in the league that leads his team in points, rebounds, assists, and also steals. And he also leads the league in scoring. Other than that, I don't think Kawhi's getting enough love. We talked about Jalen Brunson, but... I don't know. Anytime we clip the Jalen Brunson love on social media, I feel like every single comment is like, no chance, no chance. But as we talked about last night, if you compare his numbers to Derrick Rose's numbers, the MVP season, he's actually putting up better numbers. But I think the Knicks, again, would have to be the top seed in the East. And I don't think anybody's overtaken Boston in the Eastern Conference this season. Yet Jason Tatum's not going to get enough love because he's playing with two other all-stars in Porzingis and in Jalen Brown. We'll play a game of championship contender coming up here in a little while on the show. We'll see if Rice wipes left or right. I'm going to give him an NBA team. Does he think they can win it all, or does he just swipe left and send them home? There's some interesting ones out there, right? Uh, can you imagine if you're the Milwaukee Bucks thinking that the answer to your problems, because you point out it wasn't Budenholzer, is to fire him, hire somebody else, fire him, and that guy that you bring in to solve all your problems is Doc Rivers. It's borderline insanity. This is nothing against Doc personally. It's just no matter what business you're running, whether it's sports or otherwise, can you imagine hiring somebody for a very clutch job, for a very specific job that's failed at that particular job time after time after time, and then trying to convince your fan base that this is our guy? It's just, it's, it's unbelievable that that's the direction that they've gone. And if you're putting money on them, you might as well just roll it up and smoke it like a joint at a Wiz Khalifa concert because, like you said, I don't personally think the Bucks have upgraded on the sidelines. Obviously, they have on the court, but I don't know if that team can win a championship because of Doc Rivers. Now, you know what happened, man? The, when you think about it, the Bucks and Giannis actually played themselves. I mean, we could ask Sparky about this, and he could give us a better answer oh, probably because he's, he's closer to the team. But I think the Bucks should have went all in on Nick Nurse. A guy who, a couple of years ago, that Toronto team had no business beating that Bucks team. You know, I mean, Nick Nurse 
coach circles around Mike Budenholzer, who that year I thought was the best coach in the National Basketball Association and is a very good coach. Like, let's not forget that Mike Budenholzer in Atlanta won 60 games a couple different times and sent all starting five, including Kyle Korver, Kyle freaking Korver to an all-star game. He's a really good coach, but Nick Nurse coached circles around him. And yeah, he had role players like Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi. He had Kyle Lowry and Siakam, and he had one superstar in uh, in Kawhi. But yeah, man, I, I thought they should have went all in for Nick Nurse. And look what Philly was doing. But even, uh, you know, last night a big win, but look what Philly was doing before the Embiid injury. No, I'm not a Doc Rivers guy. Um, he's a playoff choke artist. Even the one finals ring that he does have as a coach, I give more credit to Tom Thibodeau. I'm a big Tibbs guy. I think Doc would probably even tell you Tibbs was the brains behind the operation there. I wasn't an Adrian Griffin guy. Uh, I was a Bud guy, but it was probably time to let Bud go. But yeah, I think the Bucks kind of screwed themselves, you know? And when you think about it, maybe they gave Giannis too much control. I always say, like, if you got a superstar player, a Pat Mahomes, a Tom Brady, he should be in every single meeting if he wants to be, and he should always be part of the conversation. But I don't know, man, because... They've done a lot for Giannis. It's almost like if they don't win a championship, it's got to be in Milwaukee this year or next year at least, championship or bust. Because look what they did. They paid Eric Bledsoe a bunch of money, and then he was terrible. Two straight playoff series. So then they go out. They make a smart acquisition for Drew Holiday, the best on-ball perimeter defender in the NBA. They win a championship, but then they move on from Drew, piss off Drew. Now he's playing for your number one rival in the Boston Celtics and playing pretty good damn basketball. So I feel like you got to win with Dame because that's who Giannis wanted. He wanted Dame. He wanted Adrian Griffin. And you're not going to like, you know, trade Giannis away or put the blame on him. But maybe this is why players don't always have more say because the Bucs are, I mean, they're not a mess. They could still win the NBA finals, but I, I think they could be in a much better position than they're in right now. For sure. I mean, and also what does Doc say in the interview process? Like, obviously he's got that scratchy voice, which maybe is charming and he's got experience, but. What does he tell them? They're like, all right, man, what have you done recently? He goes, well, hold on, hold on. 20 years ago with the Boston Celtics, remember that big three in their prime still? Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, and they brought in Ray Allen. I was the coach of that team that won the championship, and he keeps getting hired time and time again, even though since then he's lost more big games, more game sevens than any coach in NBA history, yet the Bucs were like, our window is now. We're going to trade for Damian Lillard. We're going to go all in. And this is our guy. And instead of Doc Rivers, I would have rather gone with Doc from, I don't know, White the Seven Doors. He's one of them, right? Um, Doc McDreamy, Doc Redman. My doc, like my personal doctor. That's what they went with, dude. That's what they I'm with you on Nick Nurse, though. He's a much better coach. Uh, we don't have much time left, but you mentioned Jaime Hawkins as your guy earlier in the show. Is he your guy enough to bet him to win the all-star dunk contest coming up this weekend? Matt McClung is the favorite. No surprise. He's like minus 225 because everybody wants him to win. Jacob Toppin, not Obi, but Jacob, 5-1. to one. And then how about this? Jalen Brown is in the dunk contest this year. Jaime Hawkins, the long shot at 8-1. to one. Where's your money going? It's probably going to go to Jaime, to be honest, as long as he goes over 13 and a half points tonight. Hey, I've already foreseen what happens with Jalen Brown. I'm a huge Jalen Brown fan. What he's going to do is he's going to put the ball on the floor to go up for his tomahawk or whatever he's going to open with and dribble the ball right off his legs, just like he dribbled the ball (laughs) right off the, you know, dreams of my Celtics 16 to 1 future. So no chance I'm trusting uh, Jalen Brown.
I've seen unless he just takes off from the dunk. free throw line like MJ and Brent Barry, you know? Oh, if he dribbled off his foot, that'd be the greatest thing ever. One hour in the books, three more coming up. It's Bet MGM. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL.